The Doctor Is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Nice to have you with me here on The Doctor Is In. You have always been a voice of reason through all of this. Appreciate your time, what you're doing for America. I give you advice. And doesn't work at all. You are definitely not inept by any means. I like to hear women say that about me. Whatever advice you're going to send my way, I am 100% taking it. I can't tell you what to do. I will not tell you what to do. Okay. Well, thanks. That wasn't the answer I wanted. Are you kidding me? Great stuff, Dr. Ray. Glad I called. I've scheduled my day around listening to your radio show. <laughs> you don't have to laugh so hard. Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. Well, they invited me, Ave Maria and EWTN, asked me if I wanted to sign up for their 401k. I'm, I'm nervous about that. I have never run that far. So I'm I'm still thinking about it. Thanks for joining me here on the Doctor is in. I can uh, I can talk a lot. Shoot, I can I can talk for the whole hour. Can't run for the whole hour. If you'd like to talk with me, eight seven seven five seven three seventy eight twenty five. Now that's hard to remember if you're driving, if you're not paying any attention. Or you got kids anywhere near you. So, 877-57-EQUAL. That is the number to get on to the program. I get very excited when I see calls coming in because folks ask a lot of neat things. They ask a lot of things that make me think. They ask a lot of things that help me. Believe it or not, absolutely. They are added to my sample size of the human condition. And it enables me to to write books and make a lot of money. And I certainly appreciate your help on all that. And every once in a while, I will give you credit. Thanks to all the callers. Thanks to all the people in the office. 877-57-EQUAL is the number. I'm a psychologist. That's what I do most of the time before the show, sometimes after the show. I head over to the office, see people individually. Don't do the groups too much anymore. I used to do groups. Not too much anymore. No time for that. But I see people individually. And that's when you can really delve into what is going on. Now, on a radio show, it's just a call. It's an education kind of thing. I can't diagnose people. I can't do therapy. I can't step on another parent, uh, therapist's turf. But it's, it's educational. And we can give a few thoughts here and there. So, 877-57-EQUAL. Talking to a group of parents once, about 50 or so, huge crowd for me, and I asked, how many of you are getting help from your children around the house that you would like, the level that you would like? Three parents raised their hands. Now, the other parents quickly tagged them as liars. Or show-offs. I then asked, if you're not, why not? Survey says, one 
Um, the kids' lives are very busy. They really don't have time with school and all the activities to do those things. Two, we really don't ask a whole lot of them. There's not much to do. Three, this was the big one. It's too much hassle. It's easier just to do it ourselves. That's the big one. If you talk to small business people, they will tell you that one of the most challenging parts of growing their business is getting reliable help. People who show up. Every small business person I talk to tells me that half the time people don't even show up for the initial interview after they schedule it. Or if they do, they last a week or two. Asked one friend who runs a landscaping company. I said, uh, how many you got to go through to get one person to last? 20? He said, 50. Now, a work ethic is not something that happens naturally. You don't just grow up and mature into a work ethic. Work ethic really has to be taught. The United States was predominantly a Protestant country when it was founded. And one of the principles of the Protestant worldview was work ethic. That you worked, that was good. That's what you were supposed to do. It's honoring God, using your talents. That work ethic was very strong in our country for a long time. My dad pretty much represented his generation. My dad worked for 43 years at a place called Union Metal in Canton, Ohio. They, they made poles. a very brutal kind of work, very hot. In wintertime, it was hot in there. Pop worked for 43 years. The last 13 years, when we met Pop, on his last day of work at age 65, when he was coming out of the gate at Union Metal, one of the foremen, supervisor, told him, Nick... You're a dying breed. For the last 13 years that Dad worked there, he didn't miss a day. 13 straight years he did not miss a day of work. Even when he was sick, he went in. (gasps) Some people might say, how irresponsible. Well, I'm not talking about something that he could just spread all over the place. It was a wide open, huge area. Parents... Find things for your kids to do. Make chore lists. Give them the responsibility for a room. Get them to have to do things in the house. Dr. Ray, come on. It's it's, it's easier just to, just to let it go. No, no, no. They make many daily requests of you. Hey, Mom. Mom, you gonna you can take me to soccer practice? Sure, sure, I'll do that. Is your room clean? Dad, um, look, I want I want to go over to uh, Jake's. I want to I want to head over to Jake's right about uh, six o'clock. Can I? Yeah, yeah, certainly. Sweep out the garage first. You can link any chore with any privilege. It's easy enough to do. One mom had a real creative idea. She called it a job jar. She wrote down all kinds of household jobs. Vacuum the front room, load the dishwasher, 
wipe out the sinks, clean brush the toilet, change the transmission fluid, remodel the garage, turn the attic into a family room. She had all these things listed in this job jar. And she said, pick a job. When the kids wanted something, she said, go ahead, pick a job first. Then she used them as consequences. The kid did something that uh, was wrong, bad. I'm, I use those words. I'm really a throwback using wrong and bad. <gasps> so awful. I should have said if the, if the child made an inappropriate choice, she said, go pick a job. We have to deliberately set this up as parents. It's just we, we don't milk cows anymore, most of us. Farms are 1% of the population. We don't get up at 3 or 4 in the morning and have to throw wood in the burner so that the house is warm. We don't, we don't naturally work hard to live anymore. So many things have taken away the drudgery of what used to be and probably still is in many cultures everyday existence. So as a result, if we don't do this, it it doesn't happen. When my kids got older, started moving into the early teen, not early teen, early young adult work world. Some went to college, some didn't. But they all kind of looked for a job because they wanted money. I said, if you're reliable, you show up, Show some initiative. You're gold. You're absolutely gold. And in fact, whether they had a job that some might consider menial or whether they had a professional job, if they showed themselves to be reliable with a work ethic, it was almost automatic. They went upward toward management positions, towards higher levels of responsibility, towards more money. Matter of fact, I, I, with all of my children's diverse personalities and all of their different directions in life, the one thing they seem to share is some kind of work motivation. It's helped them. It's helped them a lot. So... If you're in one of those groups that I ask, how many of you getting the help from the kids around the house that you would like? I want you to be one of those three that raised your hand. <laughs> you moms, you got teens. Your days of lonely domestic work should be coming to a close. You got some able-bodied kids. The farmers, five generations ago, three generations ago, I had it right. Big kids equal big bodies equal big help. Well, got older kids, they're more capable. 877-573-7825. 877-57-equal is the number to call. Dr. Ray. He was a Jesuit, a cardinal, and a doctor of the church. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. 
St. Robert Bellarmine is honored for his immense contributions to theology, including helping to draft two important catechisms that defended church teachings during the Protestant revolt. Pope Clement VIII named Bellarmine a cardinal because, as the Pope put it, Bellarmine had not his equal for learning. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. Brought to you by the nonprofit Seton Home Study. Hi, everybody. Dr. Ray Garendi here. You thinking about homeschooling? Seton Homeschooling, 40 years of experience, 17,000 current students, pre-K through high school. They provide the books, the lesson plans, the counselors, the grading services, the tests. That's right, pretty much everything. My wife and I use Seton, some of our children. Tell you this, two of them got perfect ACT scores in verbal. And overall, the Seton students scored more than 100 points above average on the SAT. Over 30% higher on English and reading on the ACT. It's a rigorous program. You want to give the very best to your kids? Trust me on this one. Go with Seton. It is a beautifully rigorous academic program. Go to setonhome.org. That is setonhome.org. Underwritten in part by this not-for-profit. Are you looking for peace? Logging for joy? Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into a suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. And click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB. Very nice to be with you. I have to admit, I don't have the work ethic that my dad did. I worked cement work between my master's level and my Ph.D. back when I was 22. It was brutal. I came home and collapsed. Summertime, hot. I was the gopher. All the other guys knew how to do the finished cement work. All I did was throw rocks around piles okay oh good one all right get to that um but i uh i i sit here in the air conditioned studio pretzels on one side chocolate bark on the other diet pop here grueling absolutely grueling Roxanne is taking an issue. She's not she's not disagreeing. So this is the rule is if you disagree, you, you jump the line. So there are those of you waiting, please be patient. I will definitely get to you. But the rule is I come to you immediately. Now, in, in Roxanne's case, she doesn't really disagree. She's doing something to kind of polish me up here. She's more or less saying, okay. Dr. Ray, you use this word instead, this phrase instead. So, when I'm corrected by a woman, I listen. Hi, Roxanne. Hi, Dr. Ray. <laughs> which um, word Which word needs improvement? Shores. It's a uh, bad word. Yeah, it is? It is. All right. Um, 
I'm a therapist, and I use the word life skills. They are that. They are that, right? They are that. That's right, because they all children need to learn how to do these things so that they can leave your house, and when they get to their own house, they will have to do all these things that you've taught them. You're right. They are life so, skills. So but, I call them life skills. Okay. Say say someone uses the word chores. Is that um, is that helping a child to accept that there are things you need to do that you don't necessarily like? I I believe so. I I believe that that today's kids think that um, chores is 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 something that they're being punished to do. Well, they do think that. Uh, do we want them to think that? No. Right. So I just use a, a different word, life skills, because they really are life skills. They're going to have to learn how to do it. And then when they are at the point when they get married and they have children, they will have to teach their children how to do life skills so that they can move out of their house. Well, you make a good point because when I go home today, I'm going to tell my wife when she says, Raymond, you need to mow the lawn. I'll say, honey, I've already got the life skills. I don't need to polish it up anymore. I've got my skills. (laughs) (laughs) Roxanne, good thought. Thank you very much, my dear. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Thank you. Bye. Tyler has a girlfriend of many years. Well, not so anymore. Hi, Tyler. Hey there. Um, thanks for taking the call. Sure. What's the details on this? Uh, it'd probably take up the rest of your show. <laughs> um, it's to try and summarize the best I can. You know, I've been engaged with my fiance for about eight years. We have two. Wait, wait, wait. eight year engagement. Eight year engagement. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. All right. Whoa. She wouldn't like that, would she? Yeah. No. So I kind of saw this coming. Um, so recently, about a month ago, she said that she didn't want to be together anymore. Um, no future. I think there's still a chance. Yeah, I, I think there's a chance. I'm not trying to get all hung up on it. Um, I feel like I've talked with my priest a little bit more lately than I could have in the last few years. But, you know, I kind of come to realize that I, I feel like I may have idolized my relationship over my relationship with God, and a lot of that culminated to worldly issues that probably would have not been there if I had been more of a a traditional follower of God in the household. Was she? Not not as much. Um, I think I may have helped. I I had the chance to probably improve that. If I would have, you know, done what I know to be true and right more often, I'll blame COVID just a little bit because we began marriage classes with our priest about a week before everything shut down in Illinois, and then just kind of got off track again. So, Kyler, to summarize this, you were saying you weren't exactly marriage material, and you 
probably drug, you drug out an engagement for eight years. Your girlfriend said, I'm getting tired of waiting. And furthermore, I'm not sure exactly what I'm waiting for in this guy. Probably, yeah. So she's saying, forget it. It's over. It's gone. Don't even come around. Don't even try. Don't show me you've changed. Nothing. You're done. Uh, Not that severely, but there's some hints of that. Well, it says here on the computer that you had two children together. Yes. How does that complicate the picture in terms of you being a father to those children, in terms of you supporting those children financially? It definitely does. Um, So far, things are pretty peaceful and uh, mutually agreed on for split custody and no child support or anything right now you know like the living situation is kind of one of those one of those deals where i'm staying with my mom and she's staying at the house and you know i'm paying the bills and letting her try to save some money to find another place and you want to be a different guy tyler you want to be a different guy i want to be the best version that god has in me well maybe you ought to tell her Maybe you ought to tell her that God is hitting you with a two-by-four and you're trying to pay attention and you would like some time to show her. You will you will recourt her and show her that you are good husband material if she'll give you the time by the inch to show her. Right. Would she do that? Would she yeah. say, nah, nah, You, I've got enough evidence on what you're like, Tyler. Forget it. Uh, I've heard this before. A little bit of both. A little bit of both because we've been there before. Um, this time seems a little more, little more, little different. Um, well, you're desperate now. She broke up with you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Um, I, I feel that there's a chance, you know, I'm... Not going to sit here and grovel and beg and be, you know, I don't want to say this the wrong way, but I'm not going to be pathetic about it. Well, those kids need but a daddy. I, I those have, kids need a full time daddy. Yeah. yeah. And they, they, did, they didn't ask to not have a daddy around. Right. And it's been, we've been pretty balanced out with the parenting time and stuff between the two of us. But my oldest boy is six and he's asked, well, why are you staying at grandma's and my best? answer for that has been well i'm just doing some work you know so when they yeah you're gonna have to be straight with him one of these times i know she was wanting to have a talk with the kids i'm like i really don't want to tell them that mom and dad aren't getting along that good and this and that and put that on them right now but if you think tyler that there are a lot of ways that you can become a better man and that if you get closer to god that'll be the biggest push to you being a better man, then you tell her that. And you tell her, you ask her, ask her, humbly ask her, uh, will she Will she give you a chance? You don't have to automatically jump back into reconcile and live together, which you were doing before. But will she give you a chance to begin this relationship from a different direction and to show her 
that these changes in you are durable. This is not Tyler saying, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, I know I don't want to live with my mom, so therefore can we re- can we reconcile because, you know, it's a better living situation than anything I've got so far. No, nah, you come across like that, and she's going to look at you like, get lost. My hope for best-case scenario, I mean, and it, it'd be challenging to get there, but I pray for patience and consistency in my life, but my best case scenario I see at this point would be that hypothetically she may find her own place. I go back to my place. We don't live together until we get married. That's right. I don't live together that. and record her. Tyler, record her. I got to go. Music says, Raymond, be quiet. 877-57 equal. Thank you for joining me. I'm Dr. Ray. Are mobile phones dangerous? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. Our phones have become an extension of our physical bodies, and they emit radiation. Where you routinely place, hold, or store your phone on your body is critical. Energy emitted from radio frequency exposure can be absorbed by the body and potentially harmful. Apple recommends customers using its latest iPhones try the hands-free options like built-in speaker phones and headphones to reduce exposure. Android-type phones top the list of phones giving off the most radiation. Keep all brands of phones away from your ear and head when possible. Men should store a phone in a pant pocket. Women should keep their phone in a purse, pant pocket, but not in their bra. I didn't know this was a thing. Practice social distancing from phones. Like fasting from food, maybe it's time for a digital detox. Check out the Journey Strong tab for more on this at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. The following is a medical moment. Hi, I'm Bobby Schindler, brother of Terry Schiavo. A second opinion is when a physician, other than the one currently responsible for your care, reviews your medical records and any test results in order to assess, diagnose, and recommend treatment for you. You have the right and don't need to give a reason to seek a second opinion, and many people do so to simply explore options. You may want to get a second opinion when your current physician's recommended treatment doesn't reflect your pro-life values. You want to learn about other possible treatment options and assess risk and benefits. You don't feel that the current healthcare facility is best equipped to handle the treatment. A 2017 study by the Mayo Clinic found that 88% of patients that received a second opinion had a new or refined diagnosis or treatment plan. It very well may pay to get an alternative viewpoint to ensure you get the best care possible. This Medical Moment, brought to you by MyLifeAngels.com. Fifty-six music, isn't it? Something from when we had three channels on the TV and we thought we were filthy rich with three channels. Anonymous female from Texas. Again, I remember Dennis Prager opened up this topic on his radio show and he wrote a column about it. First, only other place I've ever seen or heard somebody talk about this. 
And it is. It is an epidemic. Oh, Michael, so far as to say a pandemic. No, not really, because I can't see it happening as much in foreign countries. It's happening a lot in the U.S., where these grown children, that's a, bad, that's a bad way to put it, grown children, young adults, turn on their parents. Got another example of a mom here. And the, the punishing part of it, in addition to the shunning, is I'm not going to tell you why. You don't know. If you don't know how bad you are, I'm not going to help you figure it out. Hi, caller. Do you have Hi. any you have any clue as to why your daughter said a year ago, never talk to me again? Well, at first I thought it was the fact that I couldn't make the uh, trip to visit her. She had provided the ticket, and I offered to return the money, you know, and she said, no, it's not that. And, however, in the past, like 40-something years ago, she was molested by my ex, her stepfather, ex-husband. You didn't protect and at the her time, in her mind. Right. And, and then, so this has been now 11, 11 years ago, she wanted me to call him. Somehow she, well, I know somehow, she got the, his telephone number for the police. She was now saying it was attempted rape, and and yet when it happened, and we had been going through family therapy, she said, no, 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 it wasn't. He just touched my breast. And not only did she say that to the therapist, but also to the, you know, to relatives. And then 30 years later, it was attempted rape. and. I didn't know. I said, I don't want to talk to him. You know, his my whole life, the two years that I was with him, I have no clue what was truth or fiction. He was a compulsive liar. He was unfaithful. And I said, no, nah, he, he'd just lie. You know, he'd just lie. So your daughter says, I, I was know, traumatized, and you're not willing to do anything to help me get over the trauma. She wanted to, She well, I believe she was having the... Um, conversation recorded there were funny clicks on the line and i conversation I, with you recorded yes yes and for, for her said, therapist well, uh not for the therapist this is that therapy happened 30 years earlier so and, she hasn't uh, she has no, not she, been in therapy to your knowledge uh yes she has she lost two babies at birth a while well one was 12 years ago in, in the 40 years had, since all this happened, you had a, a, a tentative, delicate relationship with her. Yes. And yes. only in the last year has she said, forget it, it's over. Yes. Actually, so, the tenuous relationship was uh, 11 years ago when I said I would not call him. That's, that's said, what did well, it. Well, if we can get him, we, if we could admit, get him to admit um, that he did it, then I can... Um, I can have him prosecuted. There's no statute of limitations. But you, Mom, are also going to have to be charged for being an unfit parent. And okay. I said, go for it. Do whatever you need right. to, honey. So this so. young lady, well, she's probably not young anymore. How old is no, she? In her 40s? 50s? She's 50, 50, 50, 57. 57. 
So she's saying that my life is a mess because of that one incident. Yes. Because you didn't do anything about it, as as she saw it anyway. And so this many years later, 40, 45 years later, she's not happy with her life, and she's pointing to that one incident. Yes. Okay. She told me I did not teach her how to be a good mother. So would you say it's safe to say that your daughter is not a contented person? Exactly. And so she's got to find somewhere to lay the blame. Yeah. All right. And I'm, I'm, You're I'm hurt. You're and it. I'm angry. Well, it wouldn't do so you much. any good if I were to say, if that's the way she's going to look at it, let her go. I have thought of that. Oh. Actually, I have for a year. I just mm-hmm. pray for her. There you, you go. Know, and, okay. You're not going to go to your grave not being at peace. Don't you want peace? I do. Well, then you you think to yourself, for whatever her reasons, she has decided I am the source of the misery in her life. That's ludicrous. But I can't change her mind, and I am not going to make myself any more miserable about this. I refuse. Yeah. That's where you got to be. That's the thinking you got to have. Yeah. That's what my I, pastor I, I, says. That's what my husband says. And for the most part, so, I I can do it. Okay, right. but occasionally, it yeah. you know, it comes uh, back. Yeah, you have hiccups. You have hiccups. Yeah. The key is they don't last. Okay, so if you no, if you don't. have a day or two <laughs> where you're feeling particularly bad about it, but you recover. We're not sitting there for a month and a half coloring everything no. you do in life. No. That a girl. You don't I don't know your details and I don't know what's going on here, but I at 57 years of age if somebody's saying to you, "You were not the mother that I think you should have been." So get out of my life. Just out of curiosity, and I think I would know the answer to this. Has your daughter abandoned her religion? No. No. Really? Well, yeah. Well, I don't know in the last couple of years, but um, no, she was going to, she was going to uh, services at the convent on Sunday evenings. Um, I'll call them Vespers. I don't know what the term is. Um, but uh, but not to my knowledge, you know. It was in the letter of John. My other two, my other two children are fine. You know, they. I'm and not getting her. them involved. But Good. They're happy in the letter of John, it says, "How can you say you love God, whom you don't see, when you don't love the people you do see? You're a liar." That's what the letter of John says. So I got to wonder, all these all these folks who say, I'm a religious person, but yet they carry this bitterness and resentment and I dare say probably hatred towards significant people in their lives. That's a, that's, a, that's a delicate spot to be because Scripture's real clear about that. We will be judged by how we love. You do not, Mother, let this destroy your peace anymore. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in there with your pastor and your husband. All three of us will speak it with one voice.
And now, the EWTN Family Prayer with Father Joseph. Family, a prayer that we pray together is a powerful prayer. So please pray together with me, our EWTN Family Prayer. Today we pray for the caregivers of the sick. O Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we adore you. You have first loved us, and through your Son you have taught us the excellence of self-giving love. Give to those who are caregivers of a sick parent or child, brother or sister, the assistance of your holy angels. Lessen their burdens and give them great joy in practicing a work of mercy. And since charity is never forgotten by you, reveal to them their heavenly reward. Amen. The Catechism of the Catholic Church on Animals, paragraph 2417. God entrusted animals to the stewardship of those whom he created in his own image. It is legitimate to use animals for food and clothing. They may be domesticated to help man in his work. Medical and scientific experimentation on animals is a morally acceptable practice if it remains within reasonable limits and contributes to caring for or saving human lives. It is contrary to human dignity to cause animals to suffer or die needlessly. It is likewise unworthy to spend money on them that should, as a priority, go to the relief of human misery. So the Catechism is quite clear. We have a great duty to exhibit kindness to animals and at the same time understand that animals were created not for their own sake, but for the sake of the human. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. got a text from a listener, of course, in Cleveland area. He said, in addition to the three channels, we had the UHF channel 61 and 43 and the antenna rotor. That's right. I remember when we were a kid, we got the antenna rotor. Oh, that was TV Nirvana. Oh, five channels. I was my dad's uh, remote. He bopped me on the top of the head. Raymond, turn it up. Raymond, change the channel. I was remote. I said, Bad, my batteries are running down. All right, Jerry got an idea here. A couple of things they did for their young kids to establish a good work ethic. Hi, Jerry. Yo, Jerry. Yeah, I'm here. There you go. All right, what did you I'm do here. to develop this work ethic in your chillings? Well, we just tr- tried our best. We're, we struggle like any family with a work ethic and chores. Um, But I think of what um, Baden Powell said, he was the founder of Boy Scouts. He said, do not do a job a boy can do. And for our children, um, did many things that would make a weekly schedule that certain children according to age would be appropriate. Like um, to vacuum the car, to wash the car, or sweep, the kitchen floor, or the dishwasher, I think you mentioned, um, or pick up sticks in the in the yard, and you know sometimes these chores not really have to be done, but it's just good for them to do something. 
Yeah, weed to flower beds. When was the last time? When was the last time anybody listening to me, my vast audience of now 232 people who have children or grandchildren, had one of those kids weed a flower bed? I got to believe it's under five. The number of children, five. I got to believe it. Now, you're telling me there's no weeds in your flower bed? Mm-hmm. I know. We, you're, you're yeah. make, your point, Jerry, is that we have to find things. Yes. Yeah. They um, don't necessarily also, need to be done. We, yeah, guard was on my list of uh-huh. things for them to do. And even if yeah, they're not even necessary, just have them do it anyway. Um, you, that's there you go, and 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 when you say they're not necessary, in the sense that you could you could let them go. In other words, the car isn't hurting anybody by not being washed, but it sends a message: take care of your possessions. I'm going to do a monologue on this one day as as to why so many young people, uh, their possessions, and uh, taking care of what they have is so neglected. Jerry, thank you. I got a bunch of folks up there. I got I got to run to I this is really I I'm really confused on this one. This is from Mary in Dallas, Texas. I got to admit, um this is not something that lends itself to a quick answer. And even if it did, I'm not sure I have the right quick answer. Hi Mary. Oh, hey Dr. Ray. <clears throat> so You're having trouble with the idea in the Old Testament that there were animal sacrifices and God... And the New Testament where our Lord would tell them, you know, sacrifice the lamb or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I mean, I love God very much, but that part I just can't, I don't get. Well, obviously there's a lot of ways we could talk about this we could say it was a premonition to our lord's ultimate sacrifice without the shedding of blood there is no recompense for sin all of that we could say that it reflected a lot of the customs of the times that's what they did they did these kind of things all right we don't do it but they but they did a lot of other things too and he stopped them you know yeah that's true here for me is probably the best personal answer I could give you, Mary. I do not understand all the rationale behind something like that. But you said you believe in God, you love God, which means he's infinitely smart. So if God exists, and if we believe in him, then when he commands something and we don't understand it, I am more than willing to say, I don't understand it. But I'm sure God, in his infinite wisdom, knows why. That's, that's where I'm at with that. Yeah. Sometimes I try to think, okay, well, maybe they didn't suffer as much. You know, and God kind of took care of that. You know, you're, you're explaining it through human understanding. Right, right. I, I was going to do a monologue about this, and I'll just give you a, a, a quick, quick premonition of it. Okay. The universe is beyond comprehension, complicated, beyond comprehension. 
the human body is so complicated, so intricate, so unbelievably complex that we understand a minuscule fraction of it. Even the smartest people in the world understand a minuscule fraction of it. So I look I, at know, the, I agree. I, I think it's just my love of animals. I probably love animals more than people, which I know. You might want to rethink. You might want to rethink that one. You you might want to yeah. more accurately say, Mary, animals are easier to get along with than people. All right, yeah, but I wouldn't. Sure. But I wouldn't say that about a grizzly mother who's protecting her cubs. Okay, she'll rip your head off as soon as look at you. So even yeah. your nastiest relative wouldn't probably do that. So, so yeah, it's it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's safe to say my little my Rottweiler is a sweetheart and she'll stay by us and she'd protect us with her dying breath. So yeah, she's not complex like humans are, but yet she can't offer what humans can offer either. I know, Mary, you you've yeah. prompted me to Thanks. do a monologue somewhere down the road because as I look at the complexity of everything in life. I realize God's infinite wisdom is so far beyond mine. And when he says to do something that I don't understand, I accept that there's wisdom behind it and my limited mind can't grasp it. That's where I'm at. Thank you. All right, sweetheart. Thank you for the call. Thank you. Oh, good stuff. I want to get to as many more as I can. Oh, yeah. Isn't that true, Ann? I know it. That's very, very true. And their parents let them get away with it. This is Dr. Ray. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Our generation is the first in human history to widely reject that life has any overarching purpose. Morality is considered relative, and we're even uncertain about what it means to be a man or a woman. Catholics at this time need to be awake, not woke. Sit down with Renewal Ministries' Peter Herbeck and I for an extended conversation with Noel Maring, author of Awake, Not Woke. It's available on the Renewal Ministries YouTube page or in the slider at AveMariaRadio.net. As Catholic parents, we know that parenting can be hard, frustrating, and lonely. But it doesn't have to be that way anymore. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak from More to Life, inviting you to become a premium member of Catholic Home. That's CatholicHOM.com. It's an online community dedicated to supporting faithful parents like you. At Catholic Home, you can chat with our team of family life coaches every day. Get expert help with discipline issues. Self-care. Creating a stronger marriage. Living your faith at home. Or just coping with the stress of being a Catholic parent in today's world. World. In addition to the personalized expert support you'll get as a premium member of CatholicHOM.com, you'll get access to tons of creative resources. Check out entertaining videos that teach your kids to get along with each other and love the Lord. Downloadable activities. Monthly live parenting Q&As. A supportive community of faithful parents. And tons of other benefits like our exclusive Catholic Home Podcast. Go to CatholicHOM.com today and become a premium member of the Catholic Home Community. Remember, that's CatholicHOM.com. We can't, can't wait, wait to, to see you there. there. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Oh. 
When I was about 15 years old, my mother took me to visit Simarie. Now, I just thought that was her name, Simarie. I don't know how you spelled it. It was C-I-M-U-D-D-I-E, Simarie. Well, it was actually Aunt Mary. C is aunt or uncle in Italian. And Marie was just a, a, a dialectical way of saying it. And Simarie was uh, well over 90. Sharp, very sharp. She lived alone. And my mom would take me. We're going to go visit Aunt Mary. Now I'm 15 years old. I got place to go, people to see. Big time. Sophomore in high school. Go see Aunt Mary? Oh, come on, Mom. I'll pay you not to let me go. But she took me. And I listened to Aunt Mary. And I listened to her life. And I listened to her insights. And I thought, wow, she knows stuff. She's pretty smart for being 90. Hi, Ann from Columbus. How are you? Hello, Ann. Hi, Dr. Ray. You know what? I'm going to tell you. I mean, if if you're saying you can't get the grandkids to come and visit, I see now because you're not even talking to me. Still there? Ann? You there? Yeah, I'm here. There you go. There you go. Your Hi, Dr. Question, Ray. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome, Bear. Can, your question is why this generation of grandchildren really don't visit their grandparents, right? Yes. Yes. Simple. Simple. No, there's two reasons. One, they're on this hyperactivity entertainment doing other things, self-absorbed other things. And two, their parents don't make them. It's real simple. Five generations ago, three generations ago, family was really where a lot of your entertainment was. You interacted with relatives and with older people. They had wisdom. Now, oh, my gosh, we've just decided the older people don't have much to offer. I'd, I'd rather play my video games. I'd rather get involved in my social media. I mean, ooh, boring. And that's what happens, Ann. It, it's a phenomenon that's very widespread. And I'm, I'm shocked at how many parents simply yield to their children not wanting to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And they don't let them go. And they don't make them go. You're right. It's true. You have grandchildren? I do. I have uh, another one on the way. I'll have 15. Whoa! Of that 15, of the ones that are, let's say, old enough to stay home alone if their parents come, how many would come? How many of the 13-year-olds or the 12-year-olds or the 14-year-olds would would come? Every single one of them. They would? Wait, wait a minute. You said, you said how, come, how come kids don't visit their grandparents these days? Well... Basically, it's my children, and when I invite, I have to invite them over. They don't like stop by, or they don't call, or if I invite them over, 
they seem to think that they can choose to come or not come. I'll clean the house, I'll fix dinner, have snacks, all this stuff, because I want to spend time with my grandchildren. And they, if they have something going on and they forget or they don't have time, they just don't come. So you're saying and, your own kids are not the, are the ones who don't visit? Yes. Yes. But it's like I, I want to see my kids, but I am not having the relationship with my grandchildren that sure. I used to have with my grandparents. And the more people I speak to that are my age, um, it's just more common than I could have ever imagined. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah, because... Because we've become a very self-absorbed society, we've decided that our pursuits and our interests and our wants and our acquisitions are more important than people. And if those people happen to be our parents, well, they get sacrificed too. Uh, That's very true. We've created a very individualistic, atomistic culture. And so the idea of going to visit my mother... The idea of finding time to say hello to people important to me and my family, well, that's not in my top 20 activities. You're right. It, it's very much so. And uh, if, if people listening to me who want to be followers of Christ, then one of the things you need to do is to put people first, ahead of things, ahead of your activities, I've had aunts tell me, uncles tell me, and you know, you're Italian, man, you just, your aunts and uncles are everything, that they said, Ray, you're the only one who came to see us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it, you're right, Ann, and I guess I would say this to, to comfort your soul. Don't take it personal. In other words, what is it about me that they're not coming mm-hmm. around? I think you have to ask, what is it about them? Mm-hmm. most of the time they're chasing the wrong things. Their lives are so occupied with their pursuits, with their entertainments, with their, with their busyness, whatever it is, that relationships go by the wayside. Mm-hmm. It's true. I see, it. I see it very much. I see it very much. I see it even among people who were a part of my life for a long time. I don't, I don't see them for years because, oh, they just kind of get busy, you know. So I'll try to call them and reconnect, but it's mm-hmm. not all, it's not all that easy. Yeah. I, I know. We're, 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 not a, we're not the kind of culture where relationships were central anymore. Mm-hmm. We are now a culture which is, I want to pursue what I want to pursue. I have many options. I have options for entertainment. I have options for my own self pursuits and uh, and the relationships. Well, I'll I'll fit them in. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of that. So so if you do have a good relationship with a with an elderly parent, that's one. That's wonderful. That's a, that's a cut above. Okay, those of you I didn't get to, please call back. We will talk some more. Velma, you don't have to take that. Walk with God. That's a that's a relationship you want. For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook. 
The Doctor Is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. 